0: Good morning. We are so excited to have you. You are joining us live on Truth Talk today. You've got Mariah Young, your co-host, and Melanie Binger, your host, and we have a guest speaker today, Rhonda Woods, that will be with us shortly. Um, It's so exciting because here's where, you know, a lot of people are like, what's the difference about Truth Talk? And I got into an interesting conversation about that this week, and I wanted to bring that up because here's where we're talking about the real life things, the things that happen behind the scenes and things where maybe we might want to put a mask on. Um, and And disguise what's going on and pretend that life is pretty and that everything's fine. Um, I think it's so important to not to um, compare ourselves because comparison is a thief of all joy. It's a quote that I absolutely love, but also the fact that when we're looking at somebody, they may be in their first year of business and you can you're you're comparing yourself to somebody who's been there ten years and you don't know what's going on. You really don't know. Um, all the struggles that they are facing, or you may look at a marriage and say, wow, I wish my marriage could be like that. Well, what we don't know is that, yes, that's great. Either they're in the honeymoon stage and they're just starting out and they haven't experienced all the things that we've experienced in 15 to 20 years of marriage, or you're looking at a marriage that's been together for many years and they've contended and they've had those, those ups and downs and those valleys in life. And so this show is meant to be an encouragement to you, but there's also one thing that's really different about it and i want to show you here's the one difference the truth part is the truth comes from this word right here the truth is that it comes from the bible it comes from being in god's word it comes from hearing god's holy spirit it comes from um, praying and being in a relationship with god and so that is the hope is that we can share part of our lives um, as we walk this journey to share how god has showed up in our lives how let it to be an encouragement to you um to be able to use verses as um encouragement to you to give you hope to give you truth um and so that's the difference because so well, that's kind of funny like why wouldn't you tell the truth before well of course we're going to tell the truth we're not going to lie right but we may mm-hmm. not expose everything right we may not really give you all those steps um i remember when i was a photographer i'd look and i'd go like how are they doing that well a lot of it is they were using you know 20 years ago they were using different um filters on their cameras or they were um you know do using different computers computer programs that weren't so um, as common as there now. I mean, now with our phones, we have so many apps and different things that you can manipulate and change a photograph and make it look a certain way. But when I was a photographer and running my photography business, um, you know, you had to do a lot of tips and tricks to make it look that way and to stand out. So that is what we're going to talk about. And I'm so excited. We've, we've got Rhonda Woods here. She is a personal friend of mine and somebody who I just honor and adore. And she's a loving mother. She is a wise businesswoman. She um, has a heart for God. She serves in her community. She leads a um, a deaf ministry at her church, which I think is just awesome. And um, she's just an inspiration to many, but that's how I know her. I know she's got many different accolades. And so I'm going to let Mariah introduce her. And then today we're going to go ahead and just talk about um, some of the fun stuff. We're going to talk about money today.
1: Rhonda Wood is a sought after empowerment and uh, speaker writer, and life coach with a deep-rooted passion for supporting the personal and financial empowerment of women around the world. She specializes in helping women transform their self-limiting thoughts and fears into courage, power, and purpose. In line with her passion for helping women succeed, Rhonda founded Wealthy Her Academy, her signature online program that equips women with the techniques needed to shift their money mindset overcome financial uncertainties and adopt positive behaviors so that they can experience the financial freedom they deserve. Her thought leadership has been featured in the news and in magazines. To learn more, you can reach her at info at uh, rondamwood.com or via her website at rondamwood.com. And of course, we
0: will have those in the notes uh, for the show. Well, Welcome, Rhonda. Thank you for coming. It's so good to see you. I um, I just love technology. I love that we get to see people's faces and that we get to have conversations. And um, it's, you know, it's so funny. I, um, I think back to the day, like, what did we do before cell phones? And then, you know, like we always think of like, how do we, you know, I used to get lost all the time. Like when there was no ways, I used to always get lost when there was not a cell phone. And then there was a lady in the box. Right. And now I think of like, What did we do before zoom like i love zoom i'm like let's do a zoom you know so what a what a blessing that we're able to connect this way and to do our podcast this way so thank you for um, being with us how are you doing today
2: i'm doing well thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure to to be a part of the
1: show
0: (laughs) well i'm excited because we have been working together for a while and it's so fun to see how um you are actually a john maxwell coach and you also um are a coach for Dave Ramsey, so you have a lot of different experience under your belt, and you also did some stuff in the financial world before that. What did you do before becoming a coach through those two different industries?
2: So, um, so i become in becoming a a, a Dave Maxwell coach. Um, I'm a I'm sort of a Ramsey preferred coach. So I'm one of his. I've gone through his training, learned his principles, and and um, learned his sort of methods teaching finances, using, you know, applying scriptures and applying the Bible, and um, so that sort of, that added to my um, experience in terms of personal finances, um, in terms of you know, supporting other people, people from all different, you know, financial backgrounds, people from all different levels of pay and income, um, sort of supporting them and just making better financial choices and better financial habits. It's something that I've been doing for a long time that I've had to learn since at a very young age. Um, um, After the death of my parents, I had to actually raise, um, well, actually I chose to raise three, um, three siblings. Um, There were um, at the time I was um, about 18 years old, when my mom first passed away. And there was some confusion over, you know, where should the siblings go? Should we try and keep them together? Should we break them up? I was actually i just finished my first year of college. And so what I decided to do was to, you know, hey, let's all just stay together we can grieve together we can you know just support be there for one another support each other heal together um staying together meant that you know we got to stay as a family unit and kind of you know as as we had grown up together and so at that point i just really had to also mature in my with my finances make sure that i wasn't doing you know anything that was um financially irresponsible i had to be financially mature paid my bills on time and things of that nature. So all of those habits I learned at a very young age. And I had so many people come to me and say, how in the world did you raise three siblings at age 18? How in the world did you finish college and help them to finish college debt free? So those are some of the things that I share. With um, other people, just to help them make better financial
0: choices. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think that really kind of like uncovers, like you know, you had to make choices young at an age, and you really have developed that wisdom because you grew up. So I'm just curious because we have um, lots of different generations that listen to us. So, what are some of the things that you said no to? So obviously.
2: 18 years old you know a lot of your peers are you know doing you know they want to go out to eat a lot or they want to go out for happy hours or for drinks after work um, and appetizers or they may want to go on these you know fancy trips you know that's what single young people do they go on fancy trips or they make these sort of really you know expensive purchases You buy a lot of clothes, you buy a lot of shoes, you may buy jewelry, you buy makeup, you buy, you know, fragrances and things of that nature. So those are some of the things that I either had to say no to, or I just had to say, you know what, that's not a financial priority right now. And I'm a firm believer that, you know, things that you have to give up or sacrifice for a greater good, you get them back tenfold. So, a lot of the things that I had to sort of delay for a while, I feel like, you know, God blessed me with, with um, still blessed me with abundance and prosperity later, as well as my family um, also.
0: Well, that's awesome. So, I want to jump to wealthier her because those are just some of the things that you've done in your life. That have brought you to this place now with Wealthy or Her, where you helps where you help people. So tell us a little bit about Wealthy or Her and what do you do, um, in that program?
1: Sure.
2: So Wealthy or Her is sort of like my my little baby project. So that um, that project was birthed out of what I saw was there were a lot of so Wealthy or Her supports the financial empowerment of women around the world. That. Was Birthed out of what I saw was there was definitely a dire need for women to be financially literate, not saying that men don't need it as well. What I noticed is that a lot of women in the community had different types of a different level of fear, a different level of where they were financially than their male counterparts. So I kind of developed the program to address and support those thoughts and beliefs that women had. For example, um, a lot of women were of the belief that they either didn't make enough money or they were fearful that they would run out of money. A lot of women fear that they're not able to support their families. They feel like, well, I don't make enough or I'm gonna run out of money at some point, I'm not gonna be able to be a great provider. So, I developed the program about having the proper mindset and mentality and attitude and beliefs surrounding money. We also address sort of, okay, the money mindset that you have, where was that rooted from? What were the money characteristics and personalities of the people you grew up with? So, mom and dad, were there arguments about money? You know, was there a divorce? Was there scarcity did you grow up poor because those lead to the different types of beliefs that we have later in life typically people who grow up poor they go one of two ways they're either they're either very frugal or they're because they grew up you know saying oh I gotta save I gotta save I gotta save because I never had when I was young or they're the polar opposite they're like well I never had anything when I was young so I just want to spend all of my money right away Mm -hmm. now so we can look at sort of you know where those root causes came from and then we can identify what that is and then kind of find a healthier mindset for you to adopt so that you can have healthier money behaviors
0: so Rhonda did you ever have a, 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 a mindset around money
2: yes so I grew up, so um, my parents divorced when I was very young. So when my parents were together, I felt like, wow, you know, we grew up in a nice neighborhood. I had great friends, you know, we went to the nearby playground, Um, we had a nice house. However, I do remember there being a lot of arguments over money. So I grew up thinking, well, money is divisive. Money causes arguments. Money has a negative, you know, feel to it um it's not all good and what I noticed is it is it, divisive meaning it causes arguments and then it also causes family to split so when my family split we went to live with my mother we lived in a much smaller home and I was like man so this is what this is what money causes this is what the arguments and the different type of lifestyle and the different level of friends my my level of education changed you know I was no longer in the nice you know, school in the nice neighborhood, I was sort of in a, you know, a different type, I had a different type of education, still worked hard, but I just noticed things were different. So mm-hmm. those were the sort of things that I grew up with around money. And it wasn't until I really started to become financially literate, that I realized, you know what, money isn't divisive. And it's not, it doesn't have to have these sort of negative connotations about it. It's not just for a certain type of people. Or certain type of families, it's available to everyone. Everyone can have abundance. Everyone can prosper financially. Everyone can be wealthy. It starts with the mindset. And to give you an example, you know, we have sort of these professional athletes who sign these multi-million dollar contracts. And yet 78% of them wind up either declaring bankruptcy or start to experience financial issues. So why is that? It's not necessarily about how much money you make, it's how much money you keep and what you do with it. You can have a lot of money, but if you don't have the right mindset, you know, there's a difference between having a wealthy mindset and having a broke mindset. You can have a lot of money and still have a broke mindset. So I let people know that wealth isn't about how much money is in the bank. It's not the numbers that's on your paycheck. It's not the numbers that's in your bank account. Your wealth comes from within and it starts with your mindset. If you start thinking wealthy, you'll start making wealthy decisions you'll start having feeling that financial prosperity. You'll start living in that space and you'll start to experience the sort of financial abundance that you desired for a long time.
0: Well, awesome. I love that. I love you talk about financial literacy. So there are a couple things that I want to go with that. I know that you have so much knowledge. So there's one thing that I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. One of those is about tithing, and so I'd love to know, like, how you, because I know you coach a lot of people and help them look at their finances and do budgets, and you, you you know, from the entry level person, from the from the young kid that's getting ready to go to college, that's like looking at how to do that, to somebody who runs a a large corporation doing multi million. So I know you work with different people at different levels, but at any point, um, we need to honor God. So how do you help somebody with their Like with looking at their money that's coming in with their business or with their personal finances, learning how to budget in tithing or even put that as a line item. Um, How do you approach that with somebody? Because I think um, the truth is we only hear it one way or there's a lot of people who don't even know that. So let's talk about tithing first. And what are the benefits of tithing that you know of? Um, That would be great.
2: Sure. So that is a great question. It, it, It always comes up. So when I first sit down with folks to do their personal finances to set up their budget, I show them my spreadsheet, and I, they know that I'm you know I'm a Christian-based businesswoman, and so my spreadsheet has an automatic line item for tithing, which is ten percent. I hear some people say, "Well, is it ten percent of the net, or is it ten percent of the gross?" People always say that. So I say, "Do you want to be blessed based on your net, or do you want to be blessed?" based on your, on your gross. So, um, so that's one issue that comes up. Um, The other issue is some people say, I can't afford the tithe. And I always say, well, can you afford not to tithe? You know, it's something that God asks us to do. So here's the thing. This is what I believe. I believe that everything we have belongs to God. It's given to us. So when you think about, for example, the the different parables, the parable of the sower and things of that nature. So God says, this is what I'm giving you. What are you going to do with it? You know, giving that God, just 10% of what we have is nothing compared to the the blessings that he's given us. So I'll give you a, a, a personal example. I, um, um. Have been on leave from work, for, for medical leave from work. I actually, started as family medical leave. Family medical leave from work. My job was a corporate, uh, a job in corporate America. I was making well into the six figures. I had to take leave from work, and I get about half of my paycheck. So I'm living currently living off half of my pay, right now. And I support, I support a teenager. We all know teenagers are expensive. So here's the thing. Um, even though I'm living off half of my paycheck, I still tithe. I never stopped doing. I didn't say, well, you know what? I only have half of my pay, which means now my, my income is reduced. So now I have to, I have to cut back somewhere. So one, one of the things that people think they can do is well, let me cut back on the tithes. God will understand. I did not do that. I still kept tithing and I can say, I can say with conviction I have never missed a meal or a bill. I am just as blessed making half of my check than I was when I was making in the six figures. As a matter of fact, honestly, I feel wealthier now. I feel wealthier now making half of my check with my blood pressure down, with my stress level down, and so- Supporting my daughter, being able to show up for her 100%. I am wealthier now, making half of my pay, still tithing to God than I was when I was making six figures.
0: Hmm. That's so, good. So so thank you, Rhonda, because, you know, you guys hear you guys, we're like talking about behind the scenes. And, you know, Rhonda, you really are sharing some some really part about who you are. So I'm just going to ask those of you that are, um, first of all, listening um, to this podcast I'm gonna ask two big things of you um, the first thing I'm going to ask is that you pray for Rhonda and her daughter um, because Rhonda is the daughter who listens to God and she really did what um, she felt God was calling her to do and that was to go on medical leave and how long have you been on medical leave now family medical leave
2: so initially I thought I was gonna be out anywhere between three to six months it's been two and a half years
0: mm-hmm. yes yeah.
2: so- Again, the blessing that comes when you just trust God, when you walk in obedience and you trust God and you believe that he is going to take care of you. When I first went on leave, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, well, what am I going to do without getting um, direct deposit every two weeks? How am I going to use, how am I going to get my benefits? How am I going to pay for the, the medical premiums that I need? And God said, I just need you to trust me in this. And even though I was getting half of my pay, I was a tithe, and all of my needs are still taken care of. All of my bills are paid. My daughter is doing amazingly well. I am still doing well. I'm actually doing better. So, trusting God with your tithe, with what He's already, what with what is His, trusting God with what is already His is definitely, um, definitely the
0: key. Mm, That's so good. Okay, so thank you for sharing that. So anyways, I'd ask that you guys would just to pray um, for Rhonda and her daughter during this process, um, because that's something we can all do. I'd also love for you guys to pray abundantly for Wealthier Her as that is um, developing and people are um, learning about that program, about um, how to be financial and how to support themselves through that and that mindset. Um, If you know somebody who you think might benefit, please um, have them connect with Rhonda. Um, But I'm not done yet, Rhonda. So I just, you know, we listen to the Holy Spirit here. So I think, you know, a lot of times you talk about too, like, okay, so we, we tithe and then we spend everything. So let's talk about savings because we also, to be wealthier, we need to save. So how do you talk to people about saving money?
2: Right. So the first thing that I encourage people to do, so some people They feel what they're supposed to do when they get their money. You know, you get your allotment of money, whether it's through a paycheck or through your business or through, you know, income that you've inherited or you receive. And the first thing you want to do is say, okay, well, let me pay my bills. So we feel when we get paid, the first thing we're supposed to do is is give our money to everyone else. And what I encourage people to do is when you get your pay, put money aside for you put money aside for your future. So the first thing you should do is make sure you have money in the event of an emergency. I shouldn't even say in the event of an emergency because emergencies will happen.
1: Mm-hmm. So the
2: first thing you wanna do is to make sure you have an emergency fund that consists of at least three to six months of your living expenses. So living expenses aren't you know, your, your clothing allowance. Living expenses are, what do you need to live? You need a roof over your head. You need food in your refrigerator. You need to make sure the utilities are on, right? If you have, a, you know, your best mode of transportation, it may not be a car. It may be public transportation. So you need to make sure that need is taken care of because you need to be able to travel either to get to work or, you know, appointments and things of that nature. So those sort of comprise your um, living expenses. What are the things that you need to live? So your emergency fund is the first thing that you need to save for. Then obviously you want to make sure that you, you know, once you've sort of, you know, um, reduced your debt and, you know, make sure you can pay your bills, whatever money's left over after that, you want to start thinking about, you know, your savings, your retirement, you know, saving for your future, putting money aside for when you can no longer work. That's important. A lot of people say, well, I need to start putting money away from my, my kid's college. Yes, that's true, but here's the thing. College, you can borrow for any event you need to. Retirement, you cannot borrow money for retirement. So retirement is the priority. So you wanna make sure you put money away for your present, meaning any emergencies. Now, emergencies like, hey, if my water heater bursts or if I need the, a, a repair on my car, those are emergencies emergency isn't going out and getting a you know a newer car (laughs) emergencies are sort of unexpected things unexpected medical expense and things of that nature then you want to make sure you're putting money aside for saving for your future so yes savings are definitely important for
1: sure.
0: Well, thank you. Cause I think, you know, here's, here's, and I love that, you know, like college, you can borrow against retirement. You cannot. So any of you, if you're in, you know, in the age that maybe we are, you know, we're in a different place where our kids are growing up and we're starting to really think about that. Maybe our bodies aren't feeling the same. And we're like, what am I going to do in that day? So I think that's really, you know, um, if someone can start investing young, that's such a great thing to be able to do investments young, but also, you know, it's never too late, I guess, to really start saying, how are you going to save for your retirement? so Rhonda, i know that you've actually been featured on the news and in the newspaper for um going and talking to people about um their i would say uh, what do you want to say your uh, financial literacy and and making wise decisions what are some of those um Things that you wouldn't spoke on that you would really like, that you think somebody listening to this could really be blessed by that. I know I want I really wanna talk about the basics because I think a lot of times when you talk about that mindset with kids, it's, you know, I know, um, I, I can, I think of when I was little, like my dad would say to me, it's none of your business, you know, um, you know, I think sometimes we were um, meant to be seen and not heard as a kid, you know, and, um, but then also I know my mom, I remember my mom, taking us, and we, I used to work in the berry field as a kid, and so I learned, because we, my family has a berry farm, and it was so fun, we, but I mean, you know, I look at that, it really taught me the value of money, and working hard, I have a really strong work ethic, because, you know, we got up, we worked in summers, and I learned to help buy my clothes, and different things, and so those are some of the things that I'm doing now with teaching my kids, my my children are young, they're 11 and 13, and you know, when they get money, I, we talk about savings, and, and tithing, and giving, and and, you know, I've been, And I think a great thing is if you don't have a savings account for your kids, I really encourage you to get one and get them a debit card so when they get money, they can go deposit it themselves. Um, you know, my kids save money and sometimes they'll want something and and I, I buy their needs. sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to buy that. You can buy that if you want to. And they're like, well, I don't want to spend my money. Well, yeah, that's, that's something that's going to break. And I don't want to spend it on mine either. You know, sometimes it's okay, but it is good to get them thinking about spending money. What would you do with it and learning how to save and and learning how to tithe and give to God. So I think those are really important things that are so important that we teach. Um, the next generation but i think sometimes also um there are things that we didn't know how and just learning that basic of that it's not a choice right do you want to be blessed on your gross or on your net like how big do you want to be blessed like where you know where are you looking at that so what else have you really spoke on that you think um could be you know maybe at a different level or something that you think would be a blessing to somebody that you could share with us today
2: sure so there have been a couple of times this year where i've spoken on on financial literacy. Um, I remember back in January when the government shut down, you know, a lot of people were a little bit nervous, like, oh, my goodness, um, how am I going to pay my bills? So one of the basic things that that I help people to understand is to have multiple streams of income, not just an additional stream of income, but have multiple streams of income. And the reason why is a prime example is what happened with the government a lot of people used to graduate from college and get a job with the government because it felt like well that's secure nothing is going to happen to that you know that's a secure job i'm just going to go work for the government for 30 40 years and then i'll retire and i'm good i'll have my pension and i'll live happily ever after well here's the thing no job is secure no job is 100 so you always want to have other things to fall back on the average millionaire has six to eight streams of income so let that sink in so i always ask the people that i work with i ask the women i work with how many streams of income do you have and i'm shocked when most of them have one stream of income the reason why a lot of people freaked out when the government shut down is because the government paycheck was their main source of pay so when your main source of pay is disrupted what do you have to fall back on You know, what is your side hustle? What is your side business? What is something you can do on the side? Is it hair? Is it photography? Is it makeup? Is it driving, you know, Lyft or Uber? Is it, you know, what is your entrepreneurship dream? You know, is it supporting other people? Is it, you know, um, babysitting? Is it childcare? Is it adult care? Um, Is it helping people with finances? um, maybe writing articles, blah, it's so many different things, but having additional sources of income. I know some people like to invest in real estate and things of that nature. So my number one thing that I would encourage people to do is to have multiple streams of income. And in that, consider entrepreneurship. You know, one of the, you know, in financial literacy, one of the things my teenage daughter asked me is, man, you know, I'm in classes sometimes and I'm learning about different types of plants or I'm learning about different types of rocks or I'm learning about you know different types of Bunsen burners and chemicals and mixing and that's great if that's the field that I want to go in but how about we start to teach our children finances when they graduate don't we teach them graduate and go get a job. Have we ever encouraged them graduate and think about what type of business you wanna build? That's number one. The other thing is if we're teaching them about plants and rocks and solar systems and things of that nature, what happens when they graduate and they're ready to buy a house? Shouldn't we be teaching them about interest rates and home ownership and bank accounts and online banking and investing? You know, the earlier that you start investing, the better, because that compound interest, you know, they say that's one of the greatest wonders of the world. But the benefit is if you start young. Mm -hmm. So financial literacy is so important. It doesn't matter what age you are, but it's so important that we teach our children young the value of money and what it can do. So that's the second thing. So we talked about um, when I talk to when I you know when I'm when I'm interviewed for for magazines or for, for TV, we talk about you know multiple streams of income and entrepreneurship. We also talk about you know um, um, financial literacy. It's our responsibility to be financial literate, literate, but it's also our responsibility to leave a legacy. The Bible talks about leaving money for your children's children. You know, our children should pick up where we left off. They shouldn't start where we started. We should be building that legacy so that they are set up for financial success. I don't encourage young people to get credit cards or go into a lot of debt. Again, it's all about mindset. If you look at the average millionaire, look at the thoughts and attitudes that they have versus the thoughts and attitudes that we grew up with. A lot of people feel like when they get their paycheck, the first thing they want to do is say, man, I've worked hard, so I'm ready to spend hard. They want to go out and they want to buy, buy, buy. We also, you know, you talked earlier about comparison is the thief of all joy. And that's one of the things that we do. We look at what everybody else has and we feel like we need to keep up with what they're doing. And the problem is a lot of times we spend money we don't have to buy things we don't need to impress people we don't like. Maybe for, for it, you know, we wanna have, a, we feel like I got this money, so let me go buy this house, or let me buy this car, or let me get these type of clothes and these type of shoes. It's not about how much money you make. I've seen people make $300,000 and are broke as a joke. And then I've seen people who make, you know fifteen thousand and twenty thousand and thirty thousand dollars who are well on their way to becoming millionaires it's not about how much money you make people think people who make people believe that people who make a lot of money must save a lot wow you make three thousand you're a millionaire but they have a lot of debt I know of a doctor who makes well in the six figures And she had $100,000 in student loans. And she felt like, man, I've worked hard. I have this degree. I'm making good money. So she went out and bought a home that was like a half a million dollars. And now she's house poor because she felt like when she gets her money, after she pays her student loans and pays her mortgage, she doesn't have very much left. And so if I had just got in there a little bit sooner, I would have encouraged her to make sure you have your emergency fund. Pay down your student loan debt first. Abolish that, or at least most of it and then make your home purchase because God wants us to be financially free. The Bible talks about, we are a slave to the debtors, to creditors. And so the idea is for us not to have debt. So if we Mm -hmm. have debt, we need to eliminate it and, and continue to stay debt free so that we can live in financial freedom and abundance. That's how you become wealthy. It's a very simple formula. Increase your income, decrease your debt. That's and then that's how you become wealthy. It's very simple.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think so. I think there's there's two things though. So I want to say when you're talking about decreasing the debt, I think somebody who's in a lot of debt like that, like we were talking about that doctor, or somebody like oh, I've got a set of income. What do you say to somebody who really has found themselves in debt? How you know, because I know you do a little counseling on that. So um, is there something that you can say that, that you can share with the listener? about um well how do i just start eliminating that or what's the mindset around that to 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 give them hope i know there's a huge process and that you walk people through that but what's something that you can do to give them hope because sometimes i think people find themselves like okay i really already i am already broke as a joke i was not smart with my money and i did a lot of that and so um you know how do you give somebody hope in that because I know, I know you can turn that around and we'll talk about multiple streams of income in just a minute. But before we go there, I think sometimes people can't even go to like, okay, yeah, I need to do multiple streams of income because they don't have that hope. So what do you say to that person, Rhonda?
1: Sure, so, the,
2: the, yeah, so I say that there is hope. You know, this, is, this can be fixed. It's gonna depend a lot on you and your attitude. Do you want the help? If you want the help, I can give you the prescription. So we start there you know, there is hope, we can fix this, let me give you the formula, right? So then, mm-hmm. what we do, okay, well, let's look at what we have, let's look at your income, how much you bring it in, and then let's just list out all those debts. Let's list out your car notes, let's list out your credit cards, let's list out your student loans, let's list out any tax obligations you have, um, let's list out, you know, do you, do, you know, who do you owe? Any personal loans? Let's list out everything that you owe. Let's see what the balances are. You know, what, what, how much do you owe? What is the interest rate? And then let's develop a plan and a roadmap of how we're gonna reduce these debts one by one. You know, um, Dave Ramsey in my training, he talks a lot about the debt snowball. The debt snowball is a method in which you list all of your debts from the smallest to the largest. So let's say you have a medical bill that's $25. Let's say your next deal is, you know, you have a balance on a credit card that's $50. Maybe the next credit card is $100. Then you say, after you have your income and you say, okay, this is how much money, I after I pay my bills, this is the amount of money I can put towards my debt. Let's say it's only $100 every month. That's how much I can put towards my debt. Whether it's $100 or $200, determine the amount of money you can put towards your debt. So in our, in, in our example, the $25 medical bill is something that we can remove right away. We have $100 to put towards debt. let's go ahead and pay off that, two, that $25 medical bill. Let's also pay off that $50 credit card. Wow, you've just knocked out two things. And see, once you start knocking out your debt, you start building momentum. You start feeling good. Now, let's say while you're docking down that debt. So you, so you take the money that you put that $25 that you put towards that medical bill, you can now roll. You don't say, oh, I paid off a bill. Let me take that $25 and put it somewhere else. Let me go buy something. No. You roll it into the next debt. You just keep rolling it. That's why it's called the snowball because it gets bigger and bigger as you're paying off your debt, right? Your momentum is building up. You're crossing off all of those debts one by one from the smallest to the largest. Every time something is paid off, then you take that money and you put it right into the next debt. And and the reason why we had that emergency fund is, of course, while you're paying down debt, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen with the car. Something's going to happen with the house. So then you, instead of stopping, because you can't stop your debt snowball and go take care of an emergency. You take the emergency fund, take care of the emergency and you keep paying down your debt. So what I tell people is there is hope. Here's the formula. Follow this formula and you will experience financial freedom.
0: Well, I love that. And I love, you know, here's the thing I absolutely love because, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. So I love when you're talking about like, let's teach our kids entrepreneurship. Let's let's tell them and 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 tell, teach them about the different things um, so that they can invest wisely and and be wise with their money um what kind of business do you want to grow i mean i love that and you know one of the things is i love to help people ignite their God's says goal and i believe that god put something either a vision in us um, uniquely or he gives us a gift and i think one of the gifts that you have Rhonda is money and you know this is such a prime example about how you know you're dealing with the situation you're able to use this gift that you have to really help people with their finances and to coach them and to make an individual you know stream of revenue from that um but the other thing is that you do another revenue stream that you have is you have the revenue stream of speaking right so you're also, so, I mean, there's just a couple, right there, there's three different streams that we're looking at that you have, that I'm sure you have others, just like I do, um, to generate, to do that. So, sometimes people people think, well, how do you do that? And I think that that's something that I know that, you know, just want to encourage you guys that if you're looking at that or wanting to know, um, give us your comments or if there's a way that you specialize in that. We love to interview people. We love to, um, to just show how God is using your gift to bless people, right? Something where you didn't necessarily see that that would happen. Um, so there's a couple of things. So I always like to ask Rhonda, do you have a favorite verse in the Bible that really um, is like your power verse or really encourages you that you reference that you yeah, can think of?
2: I have a lot of them, but I think the one that always speaks to my heart and just brings me so much joy is jeremiah twenty nine it is my all-time favorite no matter how i'm feeling or how i'm doing i can always go back to that verse not only that but i always use that verse to encourage others as well so jeremiah twenty nine eleven says for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you not to harm you plans to give you hope in the future so no matter where you are financially, whether you feel like, man, I my finances are just horrible. I don't know where to turn. Things are just really, really bad. Or if you feel like, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of on the up and up. I'm kind of putting some money away. I love this verse because it speaks to both situations.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, God has plans for us. You know, like you were saying, sometimes I feel like there's, um, you know, you talk about standing in your truth a lot of us just need to stand in our truth with where we are financially and it, sometimes there's a lot of shame or guilt or remorse that's attached to finances we're either ashamed of where we are that we have so much debt or we have regret about financial choices that we've made in the past but all of that this can be wiped out by focusing on this verse god has a plan for us plans to prosper us. So we are meant to be prosperous. We are meant to walk in prosperity personally and financially. That's why I just love that verse.
0: Yeah, it's one of my favorites too. Um, It's also one that I love to put somebody's names in. So Mariah, can you put that back up for me, please? Um, So I love it because it says, um, let me see if she's got it. She might be, I'll just, I'll just say it. I, I love verses where you can put someone's name in it. So you can say, um, for for I know the plans I have for Rhonda, declares the Lord. Plans to give you hope, plans for Rhonda not to harm you, or plans to give Rhonda hope and a future. I like that because like, um, you know, it, sometimes it, it's not really natural to put someone's name in it, but you got to look at that. For I know the plans I have for Rhonda, declares the Lord. plans to prosper Rhonda and not to harm you, plans to give Rhonda hope and a future. And I think that is such a good example of how we can use God's word to put truth in it, to bring hope, to speak joy, to give life, to know that in any situation we don't necessarily know. And I love it that when like we're in a situation we may be with somebody and they're struggling or, and you know, we don't have the words. We don't even have the right words to say to somebody, right? And you're like, okay, what do I do? And I've just found myself in time to just to pause and to ask God for a word, a, a different verse or to take the Bible and open it up. And it'll be crazy. Like I'll get a verse and I'm like, I don't know why. And I'll just read over it. And it's like, that is the verse to, to if you put that in there, it, I think it's just very encouraging to people. It's something that it's a promise. And it really just, when you talk about mindset, like the Bible, I think the Bible can give us the best mindset in the world. That if we're in there it's going to defeat the enemy it's going to be it's going to be take away all that stinking thinking because the devil has no choice to attack us right when you look at that it's like okay what do you got to say and when we claim that over our life and we stand in that truth and we say here's where it is yes right now i'm in a hard situation but god has a future for me and he plans to prosper me or what what about when we are blessed right what about saying Thank you, Jesus. Your word says that you will prosper me. This is coming from you. This is one thing that I like. This this ignites me because, um, how many times do we like somebody? can Now you know we're talking. It's so much easier to say like it's struggling and like I need to go to God or someone's sick. Like let me pray or do that. But how many times when we get the blessing are we giving God? the honor and saying and telling as many people about the blessing we got about when we're complaining about when things aren't going good, right? Like people need to see where God's moving it. And I'm gonna tell you, it is not the universe people that are bringing this to you. It's not because you put it out there and you said, oh, I've been dreaming about this and I want this. No, it's because of the desire God put in your heart. He put that in you, that desire came from God that vision came from God, and He's the one that's making the way. It's because you met somebody. It's just like when I met Rhonda; it was a divine appointment, right? This friendship that I have, she met my friend Sandra. Saunders said, "Oh, you'll like Melanie. You need to get Melanie, meet Melanie," and we connected at a, at a conference. But and that's me. I look at that, and that was a divine appointment. And not only was it a divine appointment, God speaks to me a vision. And Rhonda, what were you wearing when I met you?
2: Polka dot.
0: She was wearing a black and white polka dot dress, and I was like, and I didn't even. The funny thing is is when um she came down to the lobby of the hotel and i'm just like guys i'm on fire i'm so excited right now so um i was like oh my gosh that lady's cute she's got a cute black and white dress on because i love black and white polka dots if you don't know and i'm planning an event where there will be black and white polka dots and so god will bring things to my attention to people he wants me to meet by that and if i'm not slowing down he will stop me and i'm like okay i need to it's like because i'm like you need to make it so easy for me god i need signs So he'll bring it to me. And she was wearing a black and white polka dot dress. And I looked up and then she's like, no, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's you. I was just looking at your dress. I hadn't even seen, you know, hadn't even seen her because I was tired and traveling. And so you guys, that's the thing is, is that those gifts we have, those are from God. His word says he will prosper us he has a hope and a future for you no matter where your situation is and i want to encourage you that your gift that you honor say this is something i got from god if you have a gift you use that platform for god's benefit because you're going to be blessed that much more right but also when you're getting blessed like that you need to tithe on it because you're gonna to, too much is given much is expected right like it's just that we're just given, like oh great great no when you get it you got a lot of responsibility and a lot of things that come with that and a lot to do with that piece. So um, I just, you know, those are some things that I love. I would be remiss if I, there's one other thing. So, you know, my favorite book is the Bible, people. I love the Bible because that's where I know the truth is. I know where it will defeat any stick and thinking. The devil has no control. And when I want to start thinking I can't believe or doing, God's going to give me that direction on what I know and, and pausing and hearing to listen to him and reading his word. So the Bible, hands down, is my favorite book. Um, but let's talk about what other books or resources, Rhonda, can you suggest people, um, I have one that I'm thinking of, but I want to just give you a moment to, um, if they're wanting to work on their finances or their financial literacy, and they're not at a place where they can work with somebody, what books would you, like, encourage them to take a look at or as resources?
2: Sure, so I think since we were talking about Dave Ramsey and his principles and how he applies, you know, Bible scriptures to um the different things that he teaches about finances one of his most popular books is called the total money Makeover. I actually have a copy of it here um dave ramsey's a total money makeover um this book right here it gives a lot of practicals about not only the type of mindset that you should have but also it kind of gives some steps about if you're not sure where to start if you have personal finance you're not sure where to start it goes through how to do a budget it talks about the different steps that you should take in order to build wealth in order to um, leave that legacy um so i would recommend that book and then i know we also talked about the average millionaire has you know several streams of income and i've seen people who make a lot of money who have a lot of debt and people who make a little bit of money who are on their way to becoming um to be you know on their way to becoming millionaires so another book that i would recommend is chris hogan's everyday millionaires which is a guy that just talks about the mindset of, of millionaires. What, how do they think? How do do they build their, their wealth? You know, you would think it was these, these, these practical, I mean, they're very practical. You would think it were things that were unattainable, but they're very simple, practical steps that we can all achieve. It's very achievable. There is hope. We it's God's promise to us. (laughs) You know, it's our birthright. Being prosperous, yeah. living in abundance, and being able to build wealth. Leaving a
0: legacy for our children's
2: children. That's what God
0: calls mm-hmm.
1: Beautiful. Do.
0: So another book that I like is Profit First. And Profit First is a great one, you guys. If you're like, how do I structure my money? Like, kind of, like, those are really good resources. Those are great books. Um, the but it was the first time I was like okay well I know I tithe but it was like taking 10% and saving and paying yourself first like because if we're in the like we're in the hustle of working we're always paying something else but it was a it was a book that really taught me how to pay myself as an entrepreneur. So that's a great book if you've ever thought like how in the world do I pay myself? Like I keep doing this and I'm hustling but I'm making no money. So I encourage you to take a look at that book for that one. Um, and I know that Dave Ramsey I can't think of the book but you might know I know there's one for teens. Like parents with kids. Oh, yes. I, yes, I have that one. Do you know what that book is called?
2: I don't remember the uh, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's a it's a
1: great book. It's, it's yeah, don't great. worry
0: about it. I have it in my office, so here's what I want to say about that, because Dave Ramsey is a great resource, so we, first of all, I want to invite you, we're going to put the link again for Rhonda, Um, if you, like, loved her story, you, you know, you just want to send her an encouragement word about how she loved on her family, and how committed she is to family, you're a great example of faith family business, and how, and I know you always stay in alignment that way, so she would love to, like, I'm sure hear encouragement from you, she would love to work with you, if that's something that you, you know, you were, If she spoke to you, make sure you reach out to her. Um, We would love your comments below in our truth talk stream because we want to be bringing on people who speak to you. Um, And so that's always great. So if you've got questions, we can always um, hit Rhonda back up for questions because she is a friend of mine. But um, the other thing that I just wanna say is um, to never give up, to have hope and to think that there is a way out um, and to know that God has a future for you, to use your platform for good, for God. I mean, I think that's why, you know, we look at this such a blessing that God has blessed in so many ways because you really share God's love, Rhonda. And I just really want to honor you that way. And thank you so much for your time, for coming on to Truth Talk and being with us today. Um, so we are going to go ahead and sign out. Um, before I do though, Mariah, I wanted to pop over and I want to ask you if you had any questions for, um, Rhonda or anything spoke to you.
1: I don't have any questions. That was really great. I love, um, you know, we we did actually get out of debt on one eleven eleven ourselves, and I will say the debt snowball is one of my favorite things. When we were going in and making like double credit card payments at the end, and they were these big chunks, it was hard because we're like, we really want to spend it, but no, we're gonna finish getting out of debt. Um, they would look at us like we were so weird. Like, didn't you already make a payment this month? And we're like, yes, yes, we did. We're going to make another one. And <laughs> we would actually throw them off because they didn't know how to do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually fun to do, like when you get to that point. <laughs> well, I think it's it's just that freedom. Um, and so, you know, we talked about a lot of different things, you guys, but I think it's so important. It's, it's important to learn to tithe. It's important to learn to have multiple streams of income. Them. It's important to save, to have a certain, you know, account for your vacation and to stay in that and to not compare yourself, right? Because um, you don't really know what's happening with somebody else. And so there's no, um, I think there's no greater gift than to be in a place to be able to help somebody and serve them with your time or with your finances and to let them know that why are you doing that? You're doing that because God told you to, Right. And that could just be the thing like not, we have so many people in the world today that do not believe in God. They do not believe in God. Um, and you know, and a lot of our young kids, it's just really interesting to me. And but they know there's something different about us. They see something different and they don't really know. And um, sometimes they're just looking for that one thing. And maybe that is your gift of time, you guys. You know, we talk about finances, but I will say, you know, you can tithe with your time and being with somebody and and your knowledge and your intellectual property. And so um, there's one thing that I do when I coach a lot of people, and I I wanna just share this concept with you guys, is that when um, uh, when I launch a program, I always have a scholarship for that program. And I don't normally always tell people because there have been times when I've had money for a program and wanted to do something, there's been times when I haven't. And I've waited years to enroll in a program to learn something from a coach because I believe a coach is really important. So one of the things that I do is I do the 10% on my program. So when I roll out a program, I always do a scholarship and I always pray about who is that person that I think would be really blessed by what I'm doing. And I'll call and I'll invite them in to be a part of the program. And so I invoice them, but in the bottom, I zero it out. So it shows right there. And that's my tithing of my gifts, of the knowledge that I have. So, you know, if you have a business, you can do that right like you know there's there's many ways that as we can grow and we can do that and that's just a little different way because for me a lot of times that's where i was at and um i want to be able to help people grow i want to be able to let them have hope and to know and you know having an extra person in my class never matters but nobody you guys nobody needs to know that they're the scholarship you know in the bible it says don't let the other hand know what their hand's doing if somebody's in that position they never want you know they want to be there but they don't want somebody to know that they're that they are the scholarship or that they're there right like they you know they don't want to know why that somebody may be donated to be in your event and to be the person to be shown like that they don't want they want to be seen as the other person so i'm really big on that um that's the other thing that i'll say that we can do with our with our finances and this tidying is to invite somebody in to be a true blessing to them and let them come in um, and to grow and to really mentor them so that they can see it. And sometimes just by those actions, they're like, why would you do that? And you're and you can you can use just that right there to your use your business to say, Um, Because this is what God's having me do and this is a way that I tithe with my business as well is with my time and you know You people get known for that and you know There's many processes that you can do with that, but it's just you know That's a 10% you got 10 people in your class one of those people you can be blessing for free to come through So yeah, so anyways, thank you Rhonda so much for being here. Thank you guys for joining us on truth talk Um, if you know of somebody that you know could be blessed by this we ask that you share we covered a lot of different things so i'm actually going to ask you right now because i'm a person who is called to action i'm a call to action girl i want you just to pause and pray god who could who who needs to hear this who could i share this with and then i'm going to invite you to just tag him because it's when um when we start speaking God's truth and we share it, that's when it all grows. And there's there's good stuff here and there's freedom for everybody. And God has hope and a future to prosper everyone. So have a blessed week and join us next time on Truth Talk.